What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, is it my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey, yo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 11 of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. I am, as always... Your most illustrious and host, Chris the Heat Matthews, invading your ear holes once again for another week of Wrestle Talk. So, got nothing to follow up on from last week, so we're going to jump right into the news. Alright, so here we go. Some big news, big, big, big news involving Impact Wrestling. Um, it seems that Anthem has purchased a majority stake of Access TV, uh, which currently airs New Japan Pro Wrestling and Women of Wrestling um, will begin airing Impact. Uh, this is a pretty big move for Anthem and really shows that they are invested in getting Impact more exposure. Um, it was also stated in the press release that Impact will debut on Access after the 1020 Bound for Glory event. So Impact fans look forward to that, uh, being able to catch Impact on TV in a lot of areas where access is available. Unfortunately, it's not available um, if you're a Spectrum Tom Warner cable customer in most areas. Uh, Unfortunately for me, it's not available on my cable system, so um, be strictly uh, twitching it from here on out, I guess, until that gets taken care of. Um, NXT News. has been released that NXT will air live weekly from Full Sail University, of course, starting next week on the 18th. Um, The first hour will air on the USA Network, second on the WWE Network, and that's just for the first two weeks uh, due to season finales of some of the current USA programs that are on at those time slots. It was also announced by Triple H in an interview with Newsweek that 205 will be absorbed into the NXT roster, um, making the Cruiserweight title now a part of the NXT brand and the Cruiserweights as well. So hopefully that will add a little bit more prestige to the Cruiserweight title. So with them being featured more on NXT TV, I would imagine that they'll be featured as well on the TakeOver events also. So more exposure for 205. Those guys put in work every single week. And it's one of the best wrestling shows that WWE is doing right now. So pretty excited for that. That seems like a pretty solid move by WWE to do that. Especially since SmackDown's moving to Fridays. They'll no longer be recording uh, 205 after SmackDown on Friday anyway. Since it's a uh, Tuesday time slot. So we'll see how this goes. And like I said, it's not anything negative for the 205 roster. Most of them have been working NXT shows anyway. Um, so nothing but a positive, positive spin on this. So that's it for the news. Not a whole lot going on in there. Um, but we can, I'm actually going to incorporate the figure news in this as well, instead of keeping that as a separate segment here, but, um, a little bit of figure news. Um, we've got some pre-orders up on ringside collectibles for basic one Oh one, uh, which features Sarah Logan, Ronda Rousey, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Ali. 
I believe this is one of the first basic sets that I've seen that has actually had two women superstars in the set. Um, I may be mistaken, but I don't recall one um, recently. And also some bigger news as well. The WWE Ghostbusters crossover figures are showing up at Walmart locations on the West Coast. Um, they are being merchandised in aisle with the wrestling figures as well as on a special end cap. Um, which is like a, a shipper that um, looks like it attaches to like the side of the aisle. So be on the lookout for those, and they should be hitting here um, your area soon. So, yeah, so there is that. And that is pretty much it on the news, figure news, and the wrestling news. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to break down Raw, some SmackDown, uh, some NXT, some 205 Live, some Ring of Honor, uh, we got some results from Ring of Honor's Global Wars Espectacular, um, two nights at that, and Clash of Champions preview and predictions. So stay tuned and we shall return. WWF figures give you the savage power of the Macho Man guarantee. The fury of the Hitman, the fire of the dragon, and the fight of the Bulldog. The Undertaker will bury those stiffs. Now with these WWF figures running wild, check out those pythons. Sergeant Slaughter's invading. Bossman's laying down the wall. It's lights out. New WWF figures got the power. The power of the WWF. It's sold separately, dig it! And we are back. So here we go. Let's talk some wrestling. We got some Raw, some SmackDown. Some NXT, some 205 Live, some Ring of Honor, a whole lot of stuff to talk about. So, of course, we're going to start off with Monday Night Raw, uh, which started off on fire and ran hot all night. Probably one of the best editions of Raw that I've seen in a while, and that's just my personal opinion. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Um, we opened the show, of course, the Universal Title contract signing um, with Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, doing the overseeing the signing himself. Uh, of course, after a while, we are interrupted by the OC, which resulted in Styles getting a stunner, which he sold like a champ. Like, I have not seen overselling like that on a stunner since The Rock. Which, speaking of The Rock, he also had tweeted about Styles' selling of that stunner. So, yeah, that was, a, that was pretty awesome, pretty amazing to see. Uh, after that, we go right into Styles versus Cedric Alexander, which kept the momentum of the show going. It was an amazing matchup by both of them, um, even though the interference from Gallows and Anderson, uh, of course, which caused a DQ for Styles. Though, uh, and I believe we finally got a full face turn from the Viking Raiders as they made the save for Cedric Alexander. Uh, of course, then we roll into Charlotte and Becky versus Sasha and Bailey, which is everything you would expect from these four women. Uh, only downside so far tonight, there's no change of music or entrance for Bailey. So basically, they're keeping Bailey kind of the same, but kind of different. So it just it doesn't make sense to me. You want like what's she doing? So she's not really full hate face. She's not really full heel. Uh, she's a tweener, pretty much, so she's kind of running the gamut on both. It's kind of weird, and I, I don't know. It is a new direction, however, for Bailey's character, which may help liven her up a little bit more. Um, next up, we had Mysterio taking on Grand Metalik, which was a phenomenal matchup. Um, 
Mysterio was still at the top of his game, uh, even after taking that nasty bump from Metal League early in the match um, with the uh, dive to the outside of the ring that Metal League hit. Mysterio kind of hit a little awkward. Um, but honestly, if Grand Metal League was not on anyone's radar before this matchup, um, after this, he, he should be. Like, There's no doubt. Like, I can see Grand Metal League possibly going for a run with the Cruiserweight title. I mean, Lince Dorado is in the triple threat match for the Cruiserweight title Clash of Champions. So I'm, Grand Metal League seems about the only one that has not been involved in the Cruiserweight title match yet. <clears throat> uh, what else happened? We had the triple threat King of the Ring semifinal match uh, with uh, Ricochet. Baron Corbin, and Samoa Joe. So all three of these, it was a pretty big mix of styles, which made for a really great match. Um, Corbin did advance by stealing the pin um, on Joe after uh, Ricochet had already hit the uh, the 630 on him. It was 630. Um, after, of course, Ricochet hit his finish on Joe, uh, Corbin pretty much just... Dispatched Ricochet with quickness, picks up the pin, and Corbin advances. So not who I had picked from the beginning of the tournament, but probably is going to be the one that's going to benefit the most and will probably end up winning the tournament come next Monday when we do the the finals for the King of the Ring tournament. Um, which, yeah, it originally was supposed to be slated for Clash of Champions, but they announced on SmackDown that it would take place on Monday Night Raw the night after Clash of Champions. So it's already a pretty stacked card for um, Clash of Champions. So I don't think that that match probably would have got lost in the shuffle anyway. So moving it to Monday Night Raw makes a little more sense. Um, Natty versus Lacey Evans uh, had some potential to be the down point, but was a pretty solid match. It was a very wasn't a very long match, but it was a short and competitive match. Uh, Natty showed a little bit more aggression toward Lacey and she locked in the sharpshooter for the win and held it for a little bit after the match was over <clears throat> like I said short but competitive so it was a pretty good match uh, then we had a Firefly Firefly Funhouse segment uh, which Bray, Bray Wyatt had referenced Austin um, eleven nineteen and more teases for Hell in a Cell which um, he ended this segment again this week with a see you in hell uh, a lot of speculation as to what 1119 could possibly stand for. I did some Googling. There's no event coming up this year on 1119. The only thing that references that to Undertaker debuted in 1991 on November 19th. And in 2015, the Wyatt family was in the midst of a feud against Undertaker and Kane. So could they be alluding to the, the fiend targeting the Undertaker? Just pure speculation, or are they just messing with us by putting random stuff in the Firefly Funhouse segment? That is <clears throat> the speculation for that. Excuse me. <clears throat> the speculation for that. So, uh, finish main event of Raw. Had a 10 man tag match with the Viking Raiders, Cedric Alexander, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman taking on the OC, Dolphin Rude. Um, was a pretty fun matchup. Uh, standard 10 man tag. Uh, Rollins, Braun, Cedric, and the Viking Raiders picked up the win after Cedric hit the lumbar check on Styles, uh, which Tuesday they officially made it official. <laughs> officially made it official that Styles will be defending the U.S. title against Cedric Alexander at Clash of Champions. But um, the 10 man tag match really didn't do anything to advance any of the story arcs uh, that were going on up until building up to Clash of Champions. So it was just 
like a quick type matchup, but um, but still, Raw overall was pretty good. It was enjoyable, like I said, from start to finish. Just having the show start with Austin and then um, rolling through, just kept the momentum up the entire night with like match after match. Not a lot of promos, not a lot of backstage stuff. It was it was a pretty good balance. SmackDown, on the other hand, um, opened with the Undertaker, who talked a little bit about his history um, inside the Garden. Um, ends up being interrupted by Sami Zayn. Uh, segment ends with Sami taking a choke slam after telling Taker to pass the torch to him. So Taker starts to leave and then stops, turns around, hits Zayn with the choke slam, and then end the segment. This for me kind of felt flat. Um, it just didn't seem like Sammy needed to be in that position. Or if he really wanted to use Sammy, then that segment should have ended with the lights going out and maybe the fiend showing up and just having a stare down with Undertaker. And then the lights going off again and coming back on and you just hear Bray's laugh. I think that would have been a much better segment and probably would have built up the momentum of the show a little better. Um, but of course, after that whole segment, we roll into a backstage segment where... Um, Chad Gable's back there. Basically, Elias has an ankle injury and won't be able to compete in this King of the Ring semifinal matchup. So Gable talks about getting a bye, which is kind of weird for me. You'd think that with them trying to make Gable the underdog, he'd be like, okay, so who who am I wrestling in his place? I want to earn my spot in the King of the Ring tournament, and I want to prove to everyone that I'm not just you know the short man on the roster. But instead, you know, he says, well, that means I automatically get a bye to the finals. But uh, Shane tells him he has an opponent for him, and he'll announce it later. Um, we had Andrade versus The Miz with Nakamura on commentary. Pretty solid matchup from both these guys with Miz picking up the win, um, only to get beat down and a Kinshasa to end his night. And Nakamura stands tall. Uh, going into their match, uh, Clash of Champions for the Intercontinental title. Uh, we had Nikki Cross taking on Mandy Rose. Uh, of course, Nikki won... Uh, it was a short, decent matchup. Um, everything you would expect from these two. Of course, Nikki is the far better worker compared to Mandy Rose. Mandy's not bad, but as compared to Nikki Cross, there's a little bit of a skill difference there. I had heavy machinery in a squash match against some jobbers. So basically, we're not going to put heavy machinery in any actual tag team matches now. We're just going to have them squash some local unknowns that nobody cares about besides their family sitting in the audience. Uh, we had another segment with Shane, this time with Kevin Owens. Um, Shane makes Owens the ref for the match with Gable and says Owens won't have to worry about the, the fine if he does his job correctly. Um, basically, if they screw over Gable, and which I forgot to say that uh, <clears throat> earlier in the night before the... Uh, somewhere in, in here, Shane had announced that he was... Um, going to wrestle in the King of the Ring tournament against Gable. So, yeah, I forgot to mention that. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, basically, Owens had to screw over Gable if he didn't want to get that fine that he had been that had been levied on him a couple weeks ago. Uh, after that, we go into a promo from Rowan, which nobody really cares about. The only big takeaway from this was that uh, Reigns actually got destroyed by Rowan, and at one point, Rowan pulled a fan out of the crowd and powerbombed him on to Reigns. Yeah, that, that's right. You heard me, and you saw it. You saw Rowan powerbomb a fan 
into Roman Reigns. So, which is probably the most entertaining thing that has happened since this entire build-up with this match between Roman and Rowan. <clears throat> Honestly, I'm hoping Daniel Bryan gets involved somehow, some way in this match on Sunday just to make it a little bit more interesting. But I highly doubt that's going to happen. Uh, we also had Bailey versus Ember Moon with Charlotte on commentary. It's another short women's match. Uh, Bailey was a bit more aggressive in this matchup. And, of course, she picked up the win. Um, crowd was pretty dead for this, just chanting, let's go Yankees and let's go Rangers, which is kind of sad because it was a very competitive matchup and it was actually pretty solid. But um, uh, sometimes you can't really speak for the crowds at all. Uh, Kofi segment with Orton. Um, Kofi basically talking about, you know, 10 years ago, he put Orton through a table right here in Madison Square Garden, ends up doing the same thing again. So 10 years later, we have Kofi hitting the boom drop on Orton through a table. And of course, the main event, Gable versus Shane McMahon. Um, Chad Gable wins by submission, advances to the finals against Corbin. Um, end of the match, Shane fires Owens for not doing his job correctly as a ref, which basically means he didn't screw Gable out advancing into the, the tournament and Shane basically is done um so shortly after the show had ended owens had tweeted out a series of numbers which equals the letters in the alphabet of nxt so we'll see if shane or if uh, ko ends up on nxt this coming wednesday on the 18th so here's hoping because i think owens will be a great addition to the nxt roster uh like i said smackdown Pretty much lost some momentum that Raw had the night before. If they'd opened with Taker and the Fiend, might have set a different might have set a different pace for the show. It was not a bad show overall. Just Raw was a little bit better this week. And like I said earlier, the King of Ring Finals. We moved to uh, Raw after the Clash of Champions, and there was also a dark match after the after two hundred five live, uh, which was the Fiend taking on the B team in a thirty second squash match. So they pretty much wanted to keep the seats filled for 205 by having the Fiend make a brief appearance. But um, yeah, but speaking of 205, let's jump into that. We had a pretty solid tag team match open up the show with Brian Kendrick and Akira Tozawa taking on Jack Gallagher and Kushida. Uh, Gallagher and Kushida did pick up the win after Kushida hit the um, submission, the hoverboard lock. So pretty awesome for that. Uh, we had a segment with the Singh brothers talking about how next time they come to MSG, uh, they'll be the most famous stars on 205 Live. Honestly, who really gives a shit about the Singh brothers? If they're not wrestling for a tag team title or anything like that, there's really no point in even featuring them. Which hopefully, with the move of 205 joining with NXT, this will help broaden out their tag team division as well and give the Singh brothers something to do besides run their mouths backstage. <clears throat> Following segment, we have Mike Canales talking about his win over Tony Nese the previous week. Uh, his wife calls it impressive, but then begins to berate him again. So we're still continuing this weird angle on 205 and really not on Raw anymore. So uh, We had the main event of Humberto Carrillo, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metalik taking on Drew Gulak, Tony Nese, and Arya Davari. Um, Umberto, Lince, and Grand Metalik win. It's a pretty solid, great, pretty solid back and forth matchup. Um, some pretty good spots from Dorado. So it wasn't bad. That was a, a pretty solid episode of 205. Um, we'll jump into NXT. 
NXT, of course, this is the final tape show before going live next week on 918. Uh, we opened the show with Damian Priest versus Boa. Uh, Boa got in some offense, but uh, ultimately Priest picks up the win with the Reckoning. Uh, and then we had Gargano's announcement. Uh, what does his future hold? As he's you know talking, Shane Thorne interrupts and runs on Gargano, tells him to leave. Uh, Gargano starts to leave, but then stops. Says he's not going anywhere and lays out Thorne with a super kick. Then we had a really, really awesome matchup, competitive matchup between Pete Dunne and Angel Garza. Man, the look on Pete Dunne's face as Garza had made his entrance was just priceless. It was freaking hilarious. He's just looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? It was just awesome. uh, Dunne did pick up the win on this one as Garza went for a uh, springboard moonsault from the second rope. Uh, Pete caught his arm and then proceeded to snap his fingers. Uh, we had another solid matchup with Raul Mendoza taking on Cameron Grimes. Seriously, what's up with the top hat that Grimes was wearing? Like he looks like he's trying to sell a miracle, miracle, miracle. Blah, take a shot, something, man. It looks like he's trying to sell a miracle cure all elixir. No, but um, I love Cameron Grimes, but that, that top hat, man, I tell you, that's that's got to go. Uh, some pretty quick. Opening offense from Mendoza, roll Grimes around the ring, looking to disorient him, snag a quick pin. Uh, Grimes gets in some heavy shots. Mendoza hits a couple enziguris and drop kicks. Um, goes for the shooting star for a two count. Grimes hits the leaping double stomp for the pin after Mendoza. Commanding a shot of Shayna. Um, not Shayna, Yo Shirai. Basically, she is being put into the into a fatal four-way match at NXT on 918. Uh, of course, Regal did mention that if uh, Baszler were to win, it would become a fatal five-way. Um, after that, we get a Dakota Kai promo. So Dakota Kai is returning back from injury. Excited about that. And, of course, the main event was Shayna Baszler taking on Rhea Ripley. Really is such a hard-hitting matchup. Um Ripley and Baszler were just going hard until Shafir and Duke interfered. Um, Shayna introduced a chair. Uh, Ripley took it, hit Shayna with it, getting her DQ'd. So um, Ripley did lose the match via DQ because of her uh, chair shot to uh, Shayna Baszler. Um, NXT on USA on 918. They're previewing North American Championship between the Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong and a street fight. Uh, between Matt Riddle and Killian Dane. So it should be pretty solid event for the debut on uh, USA with the live NXT. Um, of course, Clash of Champions is coming up this Sunday. We had all the go-home shows for that. We're going to break down the card here and give you a uh, some predictions going into this. So we're going to start here with the WWE United States Championship match. AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. Um, it is Cedric's hometown, but I see Styles retaining this title belt. Um, I really don't see Cedric picking up the win on this at all. Kind of be stupid to have Styles drop the title to Cedric um, with the the role that he's been on with the OC as of late. Uh, we have the women's tag team championships with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending the titles against Fire and Desire, of course, Mandy and Sonya Deville. Uh, I see Fire and Desire possibly picking up the win for this. Honestly, can go either way, but I'm settling on Fire and Desire. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship, we have Drew Gulak versus Umberto Carrillo. 
and Lindsay Dorado. Um, honestly, I can see Gulak retaining this. As he's been on a roll as of late, tearing through the cruiserweight division, much like Buddy Murphy was. But, uh, but I can see Gulak retaining the title here. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Rowan. Um, no way that Rowan's going to win this matchup, so the win goes to Roman Reigns. Intercontinental Championship, Nakamura versus The Miz. I'm hoping Nakamura retains. Um, if The Miz wins, I'm really hoping that he just goes full heel after he wins the title. But um, I'm sticking with Nakamura to win this. Uh, WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships, The New Day versus The Revival. We've got The New Day retaining. Uh, WWE Raw Tag Team Championships with Rollins and Strowman taking on the team of Dolph and Rude. Bobby Rude, Robert Rude, whatever you want to call them this week. So it's basically two makeshift teams fighting over the Raw Tag Team titles, which honestly no one can give a shit about right now. So, But uh, I see Dolph Ziggler and Robert Rude picking up the win on that one. Uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Bayley versus Charlotte. I see Bayley retaining on this one. Honestly, it can go either way um, with Charlotte being in her hometown. How many times has Charlotte lost a title match in the Queen City? But um, I kind of want to see Bailey retain uh, just so her and Sasha can uh, parade around as women's champions. Um, which brings me to the Raw Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. I can see Sasha picking up the win for this. Honestly, she's the only one that I can see that will be able to knock off Becky with the crowd not completely rioting afterwards. Uh, WWE Championship, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Um, in all honesty, you can go either way with this one, but I think if Kofi loses, they're going to kill any type of momentum that he's built up. Um, but Orton seems to be the only one acceptable to take that title off of Kofi, but I'm sticking with Kofi for the win on this one. Uh, Universal Championship, Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. Of course, Rollins is going to retain. There's no way that Strowman is going to win that title. I'd be very surprised if he does, but we shall see what happens on that. Uh, ROH Weekly TV. Uh, not much I can say about Ring of Honor. Like They put out a really great wrestling product, but their weekly TV format just sucks. Like, I don't know why they changed it from having a full show of matches to what boils down to pretty much a recap show. Um, it was The main event was a Champions versus All-Stars elimination match. Um, you had the ROH World Champion Matt Taven, the tag champs of Briscoes, and Shane Taylor, who's the TV champion, taking on Jay Lethal, Roosh, Jeff Cobb, and Kenny King. Uh, the cool thing about this, Lanny Poffo, the genius, the Macho Man's brother, was on commentary for this matchup, so it was kind of fun to hear um, Lanny on commentary. But uh, Rush and Cobb with the sole survivors for the team, picking up the win. Uh, Rush, or not Rush, Roosh went to shake Cobb's hand. He just kind of brushed him off. So, And that ended the weekly TV. And then over the weekend, we had the ROH CMLL Global Wars Espectacular, which took place over two nights. Uh, night one, you had the top prospect tournament sent out the semifinal match with uh, Dak Draper defeating the Haitian Sensation. Uh, Silas Young and Josh Woods defeated the Bouncers. Roosh defeated Triton. Mark Haskins defeated Rhett Titus. The Allure, um, Attack Kelly Klein, Sumi Saki, and Andy Rose.
four of them, Marty Skrull, Flip Gordon, PCO, and Brody King, defeated Okamura, Ray Bucanero, Hachiro, and Barbaro Cavanario. Probably butchered a couple of those names, forgive me. Uh, Voldador Jr. and Stucker Jr. defeated Matt Taven and Vinny Marcella. Uh, dueling promos of Alex Shelley and Jonathan Defeating Jay Briscoe. So that was a pretty solid matchup. Uh, night two saw a continuation of the ROH Top Prospect semifinal with Austin Gunn defeating Dante Caballero. Uh, NWA Tag Team Championships Royce Isaac and Thomas Latimer defeated Villain Enterprises, um, who were the current NWA Tag Team titles. So Royce Isaac and Thomas Latimer are now the NWA Tag Team Champions. Uh, Silas Young and Josh Woods defeated PJ Black and Okamura. Jenny Rose and Sumi Saki defeated Angelina Love and Mandy Rose by DQ. Uh, Maria Manic made the save for Rose and Saki after the match. Uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, the Briscoes defeated the Bouncers and Ray Buccanero Hachero. Uh, ROH TV champ Shane Taylor and Joe Hendry went to a 15 minute time limit draw. Roosh defeated Barbarero. Cavanario, Jeff Cobb, Jay Lethal, and Jonathan Gresham defeated Caristico, Stucka Jr., and Triton. We had a four corners match featuring with uh, Colt Cabana defeating Kenny King, Dalton Castle, and Marty Skrull. In the ROH Championship match, Matt Taven defeated Valdair Jr. Um, and the main event was Chicago, Chicago Street Fight. Uh, featuring PCO, Brody King, and Flip Gordon of Villain Enterprises, taking on Tracy Williams, Mark Haskins, and Bendito of Lifeblood. Of course, Villain Enterprises picked up the win on that. So that is your breakdown for um, results, predictions, and everything for the previous week of wrestling and coming up on Clash of Champions this Sunday. So that is it. Stay tuned. Um, got a quick little break. And we're going to get into your local NC events. And, of course, the weekly trivia question from last week. We'll get the answer to that, plus the new trivia question, and, of course, the Q&A. So stay tuned, and we shall return. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app. Or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, y'all, and we are back. And we're going to break down the events coming to you from North Carolina. Um, Of course, we love to support independent wrestling any chance that we get. So if you are in the area and you're looking for some great wrestling, I've got a list for you here. So here we go. We're going to break it down. Of course, they're not indie. But it is a big event, and it does kick off a full week of events like we discussed earlier. Uh, WWE's Clash of Champions coming to you Sunday night in Charlotte. Um, On the 19th, you have Path of Wrestling out of Morganton, North Carolina. And on the 20th, ACCW out of Hidden Night, North Carolina. On the 21st, now this event is something very awesome, very one that I've talked up quite a bit. 
Um, I am proud to say that I am helping out with this event as a volunteer. I've also been handing out flyers for this event as well. Um, it is Masters of Ring Entertainment um, putting on a charity show uh, for a very special organization called Fishing with Special Friends, a nonprofit group out of Wilmington, North Carolina. The event card for this is stacked. The talent that is on this card is stacked. Um, it's just amazing. So I'm going to break down what matches have been announced already and get you hyped for this. So tickets are still available. Mastersofringentertainment.com. They're going to run anywhere from $15 to $40. Like I said, all proceeds, all ticket sales go towards Fishing with the Fishing with Special Friends, the nonprofit organization. So here we go. The match card. We have the Moore Heavyweight Championship on the line as the Cowboy James Storm defends against the current Impact World Champion. He's not a man. He's a machine. Brian Cage. And Mr. No Days Off, Fred Rosser, formerly known as Darren Young. Also on this event, we'll be Moore will be crowning the first ever Moore Women's Champion as Lisa Marie Varon, formerly known as Victoria formerly known as Tara, takes on Melina. It's going to be an amazing matchup. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, and prepare to get extreme as Stevie Richards takes on the franchise, Shane Douglas, with the Queen of Extreme, Francine, in his corner. And, man, so much stuff going on here. For the first time ever. First time ever. I know you hear me. One more time. For the first time ever. The chairman of AEW, the perfect 10, Sean Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger, takes on the badass Billy Gunn. It's going to be an awesome show. Um, and this match here that was announced as well is going to be well worth the price of admission. Chavo Guerrero taking on TJ Perkins. How can you not be hyped for this? This is amazing. Plus, you've got the more Invitational Battle Royal. And also appearing on the show, you've got one of the Extreme Horsemen, C.W. Anderson, former WWE valet and on-air personality, Terry Runnels, your teacher and mine, Matt Stryker, the living legend, Larry Zabisco, and formerly known as Ken Kennedy in the WWE, he is none other than Mr. Anderson! Anderson! That's right. Ken Anderson is appearing. So this, this is awesome. There's going to be a two-hour meet and greet before the show. It's going to run four to six. Uh, show starts at seven. We'll run roughly till about nine o'clock. So, also announced. Breaking news. Also announced. If you are following Masters of Ring Entertainment on any of their social media accounts, especially Facebook, this was announced on there. There is a special costume contest for event attendees. If you dress up as your favorite professional wrestler, you could win a chance for a special meet and greet with the more heavyweight and more women's champion at the end of the show. So that's awesome. So get your tassels, get your boots, lace them up, work on your, oh yeah, and your, well, let me tell you something, brother. Because, yeah, you could be winning a meet and greet with either the more heavyweight champion, which could either be James Storm, Brian Cage, Fred Rosser, or the, and the more women's champion, either Lisa Marie Varon or Melina at the end of the show. So that is pretty awesome. Um, 
like I said, for more information on this, mastersofringentertainment.com. Go get your tickets now. It's going to be a phenomenal show. So, all right. It's last week's trivia question was, who did Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo beat for their second WWF tag team title reign? If you answered Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik, go ahead and give yourself a nice little Barry Horowitz pat on the back. This week's trivia question. Who was the guest ring announcer for the Yokozuna Lex Luger match at WrestleMania 10? Was it Ronda Shear, Donnie Wahlberg, or Mr. Perfect? Again, the question was, who was the guest ring announcer for the Yokozuna Lex Luger match at WrestleMania 10? Was it Ronda Shear, Donnie Wahlberg, or Mr. Perfect? Um, as always, you can go ahead and drop that answer into any of the comments below promoting episode 11, or you can send that email to askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, episode 11 trivia question with your answer in the email box. So there we go. There is that. Um, now we're going to get into the Q and a to finish off the show. As always, we've got a couple questions from the Russell podcast MVP friend of the show, Carl Crossland. Carl asks, can a wrestling event be considered a success if James Ellsworth is in the main event? No, no, it cannot be in all honesty. After certain events that have, um, transpired with Ellsworth over the last year, uh, with him, uh, sending junk pics to underage girls via Snapchat. Honestly, any event that is still booking Ellsworth after that, I honestly, I can't really call that a a success. But uh, yeah. Um, Carl has got another question on here, and he asked, what would your ultimate celebrity wrestling match be? Uh, Mine is Chuck Norris versus Steven Seagal versus Jean-Claude Van Damme in a triple threat match with Arnold Schwarzenegger as a special enforcer. Wow. Um, honestly, Chuck Norris is probably going to win that because nobody beats Chuck Norris. He's the freaking animal. But um, as far as a ultimate celebrity wrestling match, um, in all honesty, I just what comes to mind is I want to see Betty White beat the shit out of Rosie O'Donnell for some reason. I, I don't know why. It just seems like a very fun and entertaining matchup to me. Especially with, you know, Betty White pushing like 90 and Rosie just being, you know, Rosie. So, that would be my ultimate celebrity wrestling match. Betty White versus Rosie O'Donnell. How about inside a hell in a cell? That would be fun. Could you imagine Betty White throwing Rosie O'Donnell off the top of a cell? Because you know Betty White's going to win because it's Betty White. Like, seriously. So... But that is that is my answer. Betty White versus Rosie O'Donnell. Actually, you know what? Let's make it a triple threat match. Betty White versus Rosie O'Donnell versus Oprah inside a hell in a cell. With Betty White beating the shit out of Rosie O'Donnell and Oprah. So there we go. That's my answer. Final answer. Betty White versus Rosie O'Donnell versus Oprah. Triple threat hell in a cell match. Book it. Make it happen. This is gold. It's got money written all over it. 
So <laughs> thank you guys for checking out another edition of the Russell Getting Podcast. This, of course, has been episode 11. And I want to say thank you to everyone who stuck with me through these first 11 weeks as I try to make this podcast a little better each and every week as I figure this whole thing out. So I really appreciate it. And as always, if you can go ahead, if you're listening on iTunes, if you want to leave me a five-star frog splash rating, that'd be much appreciated. If you want to leave some comments in the review box on there as well, anything I can do better, any questions, concerns, anything like that, uh, go ahead and drop it in there. Or you can send me an email at askbrestlegeddon at gmail.com. If you've got anything that you think I can do better, or if there's a specific topic you want to talk about, or if you just want to send me a question, that's cool too. But uh, again, thank you all for tuning in. Look forward to chatting with you all next week for episode 12. We'll have some uh, recaps of Clash of Champions, of course, Raw SmackDown, the first live NXT on USA. So much awesome stuff. And I'm sure I will bitch some more about Ring of Honor's new weekly TV format because I'm probably going to still end up watching it again because I'm a glutton for punishment. So, thanks guys. I'll chat with you next week. Peace.